morning. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Every day is a Father's Day. Yeah, especially it's his day that he has made. And let us rejoice and be glad in it. I think that's somewhere in there, and I don't know the address, but it's beautiful. And, and, I, and I thank you all here and for the mothers always. Every day is Mother's Day. And so, you can't hear, Jerry? Okay. All right. Um, we have some announcements um, today. They are in your bulletin, but also some very special announcements, and that is for our graduates. So, I am going to, I believe that I'm supposed to be doing that today, Ed. <laughs> it was in my box, so they just... Uh, they just feed me what, they, what I'm supposed to do. So here we go. So we have uh, congratulations to the graduates. And we have Jack Flaherty's granddaughter, Samantha Johnson, was promoted from eighth grade and will start high school in the fall. Do you ever remember going from eighth grade to high school? That was a little bit disconcerting for me. I was a little nervous there. Then I found out it was a good thing I was nervous. Um, then we have Ken and Carol Keene and the Levine family recognizing Leah Levine as she graduates from Fulton Middle School. And Leah will be going to Fountain Valley High School in the fall. So, woohoo! And um, Bonnie Levine's nephew, Brett Atkinson of Hot Springs, South Dakota, will be moving to Mitchell, South Dakota to attend Mitchell Technical Institute. That sounds really cool. And Ed and Sharon... Uh, recognize Megan Haynes as she graduates from high school. Megan will be going to Gordon College in Boston. Boston? It's hilarious, right? Get a cup of coffee and forget about it. Okay. Um, and we have Jan Tubiola's granddaughter who was here yesterday. Michaela Tubiola is graduating from Fountain Valley High School and will attend UCI in the fall. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> And um, Eldred Hinton's granddaughter, Janae Railsback, earned a Bachelor of Arts in Early Childhood Education from California Baptist University in Riverside, California, while raising four children under the age of five. Oh my. Wow. Laurel, uh, John and Laurel Jones' granddaughter, Kendra Kolsch, graduated from the University of Hawaii and will pursue a master's degree in Hawaii or Cal State Long Beach. Whew. I thought it was hard to focus at California State University, Chico. And, you know, they told me that that was a party school, but Hawaii must have been really, she must be a smart gal. Then the following students have achieved their most recent goals, and we hope they continue to thrive in their endeavors. And I have a list here of graduates. Amaya Cur Curtis, Nancy Perez, Esmeralda Alvarez, Jessica Amador, and Alondra Zavala. And um, we have Samantha Johnson, eighth grade graduate. Megan Haynes, who is graduating from high school and going to uh, Gordon College in Boston. Okay, sorry. It was, look what they did to me in Boston. All right. All right, Pastor Ken. Um, and then I have a personal announcement to make. Um, my 
son and Tracy's son um, made it to the All-Stars, and they played their first game, and they won their first game yesterday. And so um, today we're going to talk about fathers and how important fathers are to the raising of their children um, in many aspects. One of them is about um, learning trades and learning how to, to do things, right? And um, when I was a kid, there was a phenomena called teepeeing. Did anyone ever have their house teepeed? Yeah? Did anyone participate in it? Okay. Three hands. Okay. Well, I get to teach David about taking teepee off of the house and off of the cars and off of the very tall trees and all that stuff. Now, um, Dad didn't hear it last night. The dogs didn't hear it. They're fired. And, um, but Mama saw it this morning, and so I turned off the sprinklers because we all know what that does to, to play. So um, Father's Day is every day, and not every person is your father, but every man can teach you something. And, boy, is this going to be a fun journey. It already has been. Let us stand up and let us... Sing our opening hymn as unto the Lord, faith of our fathers.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and prayer, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, since you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast to the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from Ezekiel chapter 17, verses 20 through and through 24, and you can find it in page 1308. Well, the people of Judah are in trouble again. They've broken their covenant with God. And on top of that, the, the leaders of the tribe have broken their covenant with the Babylonians who have taken charge of them. Is there no hope? Ezekiel 17, 23 through 24. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will take a shoot from the very top of a cedar and plant it. I will break off a tender sprig from its topmost shoots and plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain heights of Israel, I will plant it. It will produce branches and bear fruit and become a splendid cedar. Birds of every kind will nest in it. They will find shelter in the shade of its branches. All the trees of the forest will note that I, the Lord, bring down the tall tree and make the low tree grow tall. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. We will read Psalm 1 responsively. You can find it in page 6 of the bulletin. Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But those whose delight is in the law of the Lord That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like the Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. The epistle of this morning is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 13 through chapter... Uh, oh, dear. And, oh, through, uh, verse 1 through 17. Sorry about that. <clears throat> In this uh, epistle, Paul talks to us about replacing the earthly uh, life in which we live with a spiritual one and leaves us with one of the most profound verses in the Bible about how we should live our lives. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 17. 
For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be enclosed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now, the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and we prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel reading this morning is from St. Mark, chapter 4, verses 26 through 34. Glory to you, O Christ. St. Mark, chapter 4, verses 26 through 34, found on page 1558 of your Bible. He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know why. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. 
As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke and the word spoke the word to them and as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I, uh, I came across a, a funny little story that uh, reminded me of someone in my life. And it was about a boy in class, and the teacher was uh, teaching on science. And as they were going through different aspects of things that we now know to be true, for example, gravity or how electricity works, the question that the teacher said, or rather asked the class is, where would humanity be were humans not curious? And this little boy in the back raises his hand and is called on and he says, in the Garden of Eden? Curiosity is uh, a form of, uh, it's what we all have growing up, especially little ones are curious. And, and they look to their father and their mothers for answers. Do you remember that? With your own kids, maybe grandkids or great-grandkids. What's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? After a while, you're going, <laughs> right? Or ask your mother. What's that? And the interesting thing about that is that uh, for me personally, it was a model of the Heavenly Father, of His patience and His love. I said earlier to some of you, uh, after being greeted with Happy Father's Day, um, not being a smart aleck, but really every day is Father's Day, our Father's Day. And every day is Mother's Day. You're as women, mothers, to those that are around you and especially those that you bore. Every day is Father's Day to you gentlemen, whether the people you come alongside are your biological children or not. We have a role to play, and I'm starting to see how it expands outside of myself, that I come along people as a father might 
to encourage them, to coach them. You need a father. I need a father. How else will you and I know, and how else will you and I grow? Take you back to when I was 16 years old and one month, September, uh, somewhere around the 15th, in 1986, I had the opportunity to have a, a lifelong friend, and he's still my friend, come and visit after he had moved to Colorado, to, and his parents had some business in uh, the Bay Area, and so my friend John and I had the opportunity to go fill up my parents' car with gas and then come home for dinner. And so um, I'd had my license for a whole month. And so um, John and I take off quite slowly down Reimer Drive in Moraga, California until we get around the corner and find out what a 1978 Chevy Impala with a very large 354 barrel carburetor on it will do. And it, it goes. And we got to the to the gas station just three miles away from our house and much faster rate than we should have. We come home on the way home. I said, hey, let's go see your house. And uh, I make the turn that I'd made on my Schwinn bicycle many times, and I come up the hill, and, well, I kind of missed that turn, and I tried for it anyways, and I ended up taking my father's car uh, kind of across the street, and I pulled the bumper off of my car, off of my dad's car, uh, with a parked car on one side, and I was so scared that I overcorrected and I floored it. And in Moraga, it's a very hilly area, and so I am careening towards a house where a woman is doing dishes in her um, Spanish-styled house with a courtyard and all that. I can see her vividly. It's going slow motion. And instead of hitting the brakes, I hit the gas, and um, I turn a little bit more, and I actually hit the curb and launch, and uh, we were airborne. We hit a uh, 1972, I know all these cars, Ford Galaxy 400, bought and paid for been in the family for years, and I hit it with the bumper of my father's car at about the pass or driver's side window. And it pushes into the house, into the garage. And it knocks out um, the main beam that's a glue lamb above the garage door, tilts it like this, and the house does this. Now, I was raised by a loving mother and father, taught to tell the truth. But this seemed like one of those instances where I needed to get the heck out of there. So, of course, the only thing I hear is steam coming out and all of this. And the next thing I know, the largest man that I've ever seen makes Bill Tubiola look like a midget comes out in his jammies and his house coat and his slippers and grabs me by the scruff of the neck and says, you have totaled my car. I said, the accelerator's st stuck. <laughs> Why? He goes, oh my gosh, look at my house. You have totaled my house. And we go inside. 
It gets worse. There was a brand new Cadillac Eldorado in the parking, in the, in the garage, and it went into the wall and happened to bump him while he was reading his San Francisco Chronicle, relaxing after dinner. Yeah, Gary, huh? So uh, he says, I'm calling the police. I said, i got to call my dad. And his wife says, um, Richard, let, him, let the boy call his dad. And so I call my dad. 376-5883. And I'll tell you, that thing took forever to dial, right, <laughs> on the rotary. And uh, my dad answers the phone, his jovial, hello. I go, hey, Dad, it's Ken. He goes, hey, pook. How are you doing? And I go, well, Dad, uh, not so hot. Well, what happened? I said, well, I had an accident. He goes, are you okay? First thing, are you okay? Yes, sir. Is John okay? Yes, sir. He goes, all right, where did it happen? I go, well, just around the corner. <laughs> and he goes, I'll be there in a minute. And he says, have you been drinking? I said, no, 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 no. He goes, all right, don't say a word and I'll come. So he comes and he sees this mess and he takes care of it. Now, here's the point. Um, maybe some of you, uh, well, probably none of you have a child that's ever done something like that. <laughs> but um, I thought my life was over, and for good reason, you know, really good reason. I thought that my father, as much as he loved me, I don't know how he was going to get past this. I mean, I hit one, two cars on the street, and a third one in a garage, and I hit a house, and those are elusive critters, let me tell you. I mean, how do you get past that? Is there, is, I mean, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking grace. I was thinking, I'm going to military school <laughs> or juvie. My dad saw me, and he came up to me, and he said some little explicit, explicit phrase under his breath, and he says, come here. And he wrapped his arms around me. And he says, we'll get through this. Grace of the Father. Now, apparently, this behavior skips a generation. <laughs> My point is, is that, um, and I found this out in preaching, that not everybody has an earthly father like I did. I was blessed. I really was. And so, therefore, um, the idea that there's a heavenly father that loves us was not lost on me. Like, yeah, it's like my dad. And you heard me say that, Abba, Father, Daddy. Some people think that's disrespectful. I think it's, it's, it's love. My father um, stood through me through a whole lot of other things down the road, too. He never gave up on me. He um, had scattered seed, as it were, as we read today. But uh, he and my mother handed me over to the Lord early on. And this was what my father would do when he'd see me and he'd just go. <laughs> and were he here today and he were to see me uh, as pastor, he'd just go, amen. He'd say, amen. We need fathers. Or else, how else would we know what to do? We need a father. How else would we grow? And for those that don't have an earthly father that was like my dad or Ward Cleaver or however it is, 
the beautiful thing is, is that we have a, a loving Heavenly Father that sent His Son. My dad, you know, could have just sent me and everyone, but you darn right, get rid of him. He sent His Son, His very best, without sin, to come into this world, as we know in John uh, in, in 3.16, we, we, we know that He so loved the world that He gave His only Son. And the best part, and we should read this before we read the first part, uh, uh, verse 17, for uh, he did not come to judge the world, but to rescue it. To rescue it. So we know the Father through the Son, and we see the Son teaching in parables. And I'm really grateful my dad didn't teach me in parables because I would have been like Thomas, and I would have said, yeah, no, I don't get it, Dad. But he taught me. He let me uh, do hands-on things. He, he was like a, like a mentor, if you will, a coach, and, a, and, and, and I was his apprentice. And I can remember times being in the garage, and he had great tools, and that was the, one of the best things. And he would work from behind me with my hands like this. I could feel him. I could hear him. I could smell him. It was my dad was teaching me. And don't you know that that's what our Heavenly Father does with us? That's what our Heavenly Father did with Jesus. That's what we have the opportunity to be as apprentice of Jesus Christ. And we have that deposit, God in us, the Holy Spirit coaching us, encouraging us. We have his instruction book, if you will, the Bible that leading us in the way that we ought to go. And it's, it's not mysterious. And he does break it down to the most simple forms. Love God and love your neighbor. Jesus is a coach. Jesus is a friend, and a mentor. And as I said for Bill Tubiola's memorial yesterday, Jesus is our Goomba. Now, Goomba in Italian means he's my buddy, he's my friend, he's my counselor, he's my, my wingman, he has my back, he has my front, he has everything for that. He is my teacher. Another thing that I'm discovering, I'm not young anymore, but I'm not quite old. But as I walk along this, in this pilgrimage with you and with others in this crowded world, I see that uh, I'm being repurposed as I come along. I'm no longer Kenny Whitney. I'm, I'm Pastor Ken or Dad or Honey. Hubster. My roles change. And your roles have changed too. And men and women out there, there's a lot of people that didn't have parents like maybe I had and maybe you had. But if you listen to the apprentice, if you listen to God in you, the Holy Spirit, he's saying, I got a purpose for you. Yeah, but I'm, I'm 89 years old. Sorry, 
I'll be in so much trouble now, Jerry, but you don't look. I mean, I'll, maybe 39, but you know. But, but you have a purpose. All of you have a purpose, and I, and I see you share it, and I see you spread your love and, and come alongside people. Even those people. Let's talk a little bit about our brothers and sisters in Victory Outreach. You've been repurposed when you come and you play games with these kids and you listen to them and they listen to you. I, I, I pray God sends us more young people, sends us just more people that come in here seeking family, a safe place because the road that you have been on, the university of life that you have all been through is important. It is, it matters. And it has equipped you to be the person that you are today. And I pray that through the prompting of the Holy Spirit that you would share that. I pray through God's uh, uh, provision that he would send people that need to hear what you have to say, or maybe just to have you listen to what they say. Jesus listened. Jesus understood. Jesus prepped his disciples because it's going to get rough. He knew where he was going. He even told them. They still didn't get it. But he was like the good father in that he wanted his children to be prepared for what was coming. And what was coming was, well, the fulfillment of the prophecy, the fulfillment of the law, and the end of death. Yesterday, the celebration for Bill Tubi, Tubiola was beautiful. Why? Because Bill's family, Jan and Bill, know exactly where Bill is right now. Because they dug into the word, because they heard the gospel, they believed in the promise, they have the Holy Spirit in them, and they trust in it. So yes, there were tears because we're going to miss that man and his stories and his quick laugh and we're going to miss the person of Bill. But Bill's okay. And you are too. And I am too. Because what Christ did on that cross for us, his perfect death, you've heard me say it before, he worked that work perfectly on the cross. Therefore, there is no condemnation in those who are in Christ. Now, I have to share something, too, that's very intimate. While Bill was passing away, and every time that I have been with somebody that has gone through this tender time into leaving this tent that is worn out with holes, terror comes. Satan and his demons do not let up. So our purpose, our job, my job, my purpose is to remind you and for you to remind others that Jesus conquered death once and for all. 
And that, yes, the demons may come. The tough times may come. Your kid may crash your car into a house. But Jesus said it is finished. And there is great comfort in that. We prayed with Bill when the, when the demons were coming. He said, oh, the demons, they just won't leave me alone. The demons are here. They're, they just won't leave me alone. And we held his hand and we prayed with him and we, we told him about his baptism again, that he died a death like Christ and he rose in a resurrection like Christ. Yesterday we talked about in my father's, uh, there are many mansions and I go there to prepare one for you. We reminded him of that. And not because of me and not because of anyone else, but because God is true to his word and is a good father. Bill was delivered from the terrors of that. And then he went on to say, oh, I think, I think I, my mom, he says, uh, she's going to be so happy. But before that, before he went into his coma, he says, you know what? When I get up there, I think I'm going to hide from my mom for a little bit. She, she might still be mad at me. But so glad. So this fear turned to joy. And that promise is to you and to me from a loving father. Happy Father's Day. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to praise his name. And so we come to you, kind Father, with our prayers and petitions for all who are in need. Let us pray. God of grace and mercy, we praise you for establishing your church through your Son and for calling us to faith and life as your people. Ever plant the seed of your word among us and feed us at your table, that what we have begun in us, what you have begun in us, may be brought to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of grace and mercy, we praise you for all the faithful pastors and church workers who have served your people in your name, our pastor, and all missionaries and church workers, that through their service to you, many may be brought to Christian life and faith through the work of your spirit. Send laborers into your harvest fields and sustain those you have sent. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of grace and mercy, we bless you for all earthly fathers through whom you have given us the gift of life. Make them examples to us of your fatherly love and help them to proclaim to your children your mighty deeds in Christ, bringing them up in the nurture and instruction of the Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of grace and mercy, let Christ's love so control us that we might no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died and rose again for us, nor regard anyone according to the old way, but learn to see each other as new creations in Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of grace and mercy, bless our nation and all nations with faithful leaders who will act with justice to protect the weak, promote virtue, and seek peace. Be with the members of our armed forces, protecting them and upholding them in honor. Bless the police, firefighters, emergency and, and medical personnel, and all through whom we experience your protection and care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of grace and mercy, at times in this body, your children groan under the burdens and troubles of life. We remember before you today the troubled, the hurting, the despairing, the anxious, and the grieving. Bless them and all who suffer in body, mind, or heart, especially those we now name silently or out loud.
Give them your peace, comfort in their troubles, and whatever relief you know to be best for them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of grace and mercy, we are not worthy in ourselves to stand before you, let alone to come to the table of our Lord to eat Christ's body and drink his blood. Still at his invitation we come. Give us your spirit that we may receive his gifts in faith for our benefit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of grace and mercy, you bestow upon us the riches of this good earth and all its resources for the blessing of your people and to answer our need. Grant rain to the crops that your earth may yield a rich harvest for the good of all. Remind us that nothing good exists apart from your will and purpose, that we may give you due thanks and return to you the tithes and offerings of people filled with gratitude for your undeserved kindness. Lord, in your mercy. God of grace and mercy, we offer you praise not as we ought, but as we are able. Hear the humble prayers of your people and grant us all such things as are good and wholesome for us. For into your loving arms we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Please stand. Please pray with me. <clears throat> Blessed are you. Our Lord, our God, the of all things, for your of 
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our Our Heavenly Father has prepared a beautiful feast for us. His Son, His best given for us. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward.
Will you please stand? And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn is Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. Let us go in peace and serve the Lord.